Who talks first? You talk first, I talk first. <laughs> Isn't that line from Star Wars? I feel like that's from Star Wars. I don't know. I don't that's know. okay. I don't know. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Amy. Hi, Amy. I'm Kevin. What are we doing cool. here? Cool. We decided to record our conversations after seeing a thing. Yes, we did. Because it's something that we do anyway. Yeah. Um, other people have expressed that it can be a little bit annoying. <laughs> Or thought-provoking. It can be two things. There's a fine line there. <laughs> of, so you're saying people people got tired of us just talking about everything we watch, so we're going to do it on the internet. Yeah, well, we would have done it anyways in the yeah. car. And like, so now, now more people can hear us yeah. do it and be insightful or annoyed as appropriate. And this is just how we figure out what we've just seen. Yeah, yeah this is our process, is we see a thing, uh, be it movie, a play, TV show, and then we just dissect it. We tear it apart in more or less a loving way. Yeah, if you can hear our cat, uh, that's our cat. Uh, So what did we just watch? We just went to see Men in Black 4. I don't think it's called Men in Black Black. International is the official title. Okay, Men in Black. It is the fourth Men in Black movie, although it made zero reference to any previous Men in Black movie. I mean, they did have a picture of the first one with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. It was in the office. It was a it was a painting of them. Uh, I can't remember their names were J and K. J and K at the World's Fair. Okay, cool. I missed that. That. That makes sense that that would be in there. Um, just because it is, this is going to go on the internet, I feel like we should mention that we are going to spoil the whole movie, probably. Yeah, lots of spoilers. Um, because that's how you analyze things. Uh, if we were making a movie review podcast where we were like, hey, we want to review this movie so you can know whether or not to go see it, this isn't that podcast. No. no. Um, these are our opinions, and to <clears throat> figure them out, which we like to do collaboratively in this way, uh, we have to talk about the whole movie. So we're going to do that. Uh, so, spoiler, there's apparently a painting of J and K from the first Men in Black movies somewhere in this movie that I didn't notice. It's in Liam Neeson's office. Okay. I think he's T. Agent. High T. High T. That's, that was a pun. They made a pun because mm-hmm. everyone's name's a letter and he was British. Although, correct me if I'm wrong, Liam Neeson is not British, right? He's Australian? Not Liam Neeson. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is Australian. Australian. Okay. They didn't acknowledge that one way or the other. Well, he had a British accent. That's not his normal voice? That's not an Australian accent. That wasn't my question. <laughs> uh, no, that's more in line with his Thor voice. I mean, Is that not his normal voice? No. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I don't cool. Think so. Well, I'm learning things here. Um, something you'll learn, listeners at home is that I get actors' names wrong 95 to 100% of the time, so Amy will probably have to correct me at any point in time um, when I go, oh, that person. It's a fun game we play where I don't know who anybody is. Mm-hmm. And often we, re- we refer to characters by their actors' names, which <laughs> is not correct dramaturgically. Yeah. But 
That would that would matter if this was an academic. Sometimes paper the of some actor's sort. name is much more important than the characters. Yeah, I think that's that is absolutely true. Um, so, what did you think of the movie? We watched the movie. Like literally, we we watched the movie, went to Wendy's, got lunch, and then we're now here. Yes, and also it's almost September, so we're like three months. Yeah. Late. So you're gonna get spoiled anyway. Discount discount movie. Um, yeah. I thought it was fine. <laughs> it was a little it's a boring. Start. <laughs> um, it's a good summer air conditioning popcorn movie. I remember initially seeing a headline for an NPR review on it that was like, uh, just let Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson write the film because what you've given them is not, like, they can both do oh, this so much they better. They can do so much better. That's what I was thinking throughout this entire movie, was like, I know Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are incredibly charismatic people and actors, and none of that came through here. They didn't even have chemistry. No! And not and not like romantic chemistry, because I don't think a movie was going for that. No, no. But I mean, they had some chemistry, is Thor and the Valkyrie yeah, and yeah. I uh, had... Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Without without that romantic entanglement sort of side of things that I feel like anytime you have a male and female lead, there's there's a tendency to push them to kiss. You want them to kiss, and that's most of the time entirely unnecessary in a film. Um, I don't think Thor Ragnarok did that at all. But uh, yeah, they they didn't seem like they were having fun. Like bare minimum, showing up and saying lines. <laughs> yeah. I struggled figuring out like what what was Chris Hemsworth's deal like the the character like I I couldn't even figure out what was going on with him as a character um, and there's like this the big reveal at the end of the movie of the fact that he didn't save the world and it was a lie and he he had, he wasn't lying he had been neuralized his memory had been erased and like. The script says this is a big moment and this explains so much of what's happened beforehand and why things are weird and confusing. Um, except it, to me, didn't explain any of that. Like, it, it wasn't like, oh, that's right, Chris Hemsworth's weird is because he was unknowingly falsely, like, this lead, this amazing hero like it didn't explain that like it felt like it was supposed to well i think the implication was this being a hero went to his head and then he got to be a more arrogant rather than skillful yeah it was tenuous yeah i would i mean had he been not incompetent the whole movie that arrogance might have played better like i saved the world so i can play fast and loose by my own rules well, maybe he was incompetent the whole time. And then that just got glossed over by this hero thing. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the very first thing he does in the movie, though, is pretty dang competent. So, like, they go to the top of the Paris Tower. Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower. <laughs> they go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. And then, like, they put the people on the elevator down... And then he falls down, 
the elevator shaft and like manages to flip around and re-neuralize them as the thing's descending and then mm-hmm. climb back up. Like that showed an amount of competence that I don't think we saw in the rest of the movie. Yeah, no, there's a real inconsistency with what's going on with the character. <laughs> yeah. H. Which is not a not a it doesn't roll off the tongue like J or K or even M, I feel like all work better as agent names. Mm. Also, they're going to run out of letters if they're not careful. I mean, they, they probably recycle. Do you think there's multiple letters. like Agent Ks simultaneously? Or, I'm, I mean, there's probably more than twenty six agents. I would hope so. And I mean, let's. Does it have to be the English alphabet? Like a valid we have question. Whole that I other, would... whole other alphabets <laughs> out there. Yeah, it's a great question that I feel like would come up in a movie called Men in Black International, and <laughs> is in no way dealt with at all. London, you know. They went to America. Uh, uh, oh yeah, they in did Italy? go to Morocco. Oh yeah, in Italy. I know because I was watching the credits, and I'm like, funding provided by Italy and well, Marrakesh. also Quebec. They didn't go to Quebec in the well, yeah. world of the movie, no, but that's true. For something they filmed in Quebec. For something they got <laughs> a Quebec film credit. tax credit. Um, yeah, we're the people that watch all the credits. You and I. You you see interesting things. You do. In the What else did you like or dislike about the movie? Mm. I, I agree with you in that it was aggressively fine. Like, I was I was not particularly impressed. Let alone, like, blown away, I think, by the way I was with the first Men in Black mm-hmm. movie. It wasn't clever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the creatures are just, like, the CG, CGI additions we've gotten used to in yeah, and they films. were and they were mostly okay, but they weren't creative. Like the final bad monster was just a bland mass of CGI tentacles, in a way that like supposed to read like evil. Well, they never they never explored the bad villain. Yeah, the swarm. Um, right. Here like, there's the no hive. The hive. Sorry, so I got the name wrong yeah. because it's so less. Well, you have the two guys who might represent the hive that's thrown into question. Um, I, and they're I think, just leering. I think at the end it's not thrown in question. Like, it's like, oh no, they were really good guys the whole time. We yeah. Were, which just didn't play well. Well, they had no development, they no. were strictly bad guys. Yes. Um, I will say the, it was very clear, like the actors playing the roles of the bad guys, um, were professional like dancers. Yeah. I was wondering if one of them was, uh, uh, the guy who did the not skeleton oh, in the flash. That's interesting. I, I don't know. I can't remember his name. One like Scarecrow. It wasn't Scarecrow. Yeah, but he won like America's Got Talent. Or he was on. Yeah. I feel like this was like I recognize like the name is like the twins or the something. Yeah, twins. I feel like I've seen them on one of these dance shows. Yeah. Uh, something. Um they very much read to me as like guys in a dance show. Which nothing was done with. There was one in scene the... in a club oh, and they the danced. Dance. <laughs> they danced in kind of like an alien way to make them look weird. Um, although I think it's really, um, again, poor writing 
that Tessa Thompson's character immediately clocks them as like, something's wrong with these guys dancing in the club, but everybody else dancing in the club that's an alien is fine. Mm -hmm. Like, that was... It was supposed to be like, oh, she's clever. She's like figured something out. Because I think that's the closest thing to characterization that she gets is she's clever. We don't see that on screen. Like, her being clever. We see her sort of being clever off screen and then like, she found the men in black. And the one scene where, like, she tracks the guys from the landing and, like, builds a cover story on the fly and, like, waltzes in like she knows what she's doing. Like, that is the most clever we ever see her be in the movie. Um, except maybe the part where they come up with the idea about the mole. I was in the bathroom for that part. So was she clever there? Not really. Okay. <laughs> no, not really. Um, yeah, which makes me sad because I, I love Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson's great. She's really good. Chris Hemsworth is pretty good. Um, but I, I don't know. I really don't have much to say about Men in Black International. That's okay. Um, the, the most compelling thoughts that came to mind were about other movies. Because <laughs> uh, I thought of uh, Tessa Thompson in in the beginning, she's in the call center. To me, called back. Sorry to bother you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was like, <laughs> I'd much would rather be, be watching. Sorry to bother you. Would be a much cooler film uh, if uh, the characters from Sorry to Bother You showed up um, to fight. Or the Men in Black start unionizing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe turning into some horses and yeah, maybe, maybe that's an uh, alien, <laughs> um, alien conspiracy. Uh, so it was running through that film in my uh, head. What that would have, what that would have been like. What that would have. The movie you came up in your head while you were watching Men in Black was better than the one we were watching. Yeah. 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 Um, I noticed. I don't know how familiar you are with the original Men in Black. I don't know how familiar okay. I am oh, I'm, compared I'm to you. That, well, cause I'm, I've watched it, I don't know, probably a dozen times. Like, it's definitely one of my favorite films. Our cat is going nuts right now. Because that's what cats do. You know, the original Black, I think, is, is an amazing film and stands up really well. And I think um, this movie had some interesting... Not even, like, callbacks... But, like, structural references, where they're like, we're supposed to do this now, without understanding why this thing worked in the original movies. Um, like, the the two bad guys, the twins, um, took over the bodies of other people. Right. And that very strongly reminded me of Vincent D'Onofrio's character, Edgar, mm -hmm. in the first Men in Black movie. Mm -hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio is an amazing character actor, and he did all sorts of amazing things with that character that made you believe he was a giant bug in a skin suit. These guys weren't given the opportunity to do anything no. like that. And they, and they very well may have, with the, if they do indeed have a dance background. <laughs> like, they, they were given the opportunity to dance in a scene and then walk around menacingly the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was like, oh, like, they're, they're calling back the Edgar suit. Uh, this sort of moment of 
you know, a touchstone of like, hey, there's a there's an alien presented pretending to be a human, but not understanding like, you no, know, Vincent D'Onofrio made that character, and mm-hmm. it was a character, and it was an, a fascinating thing to experience. And you followed his motives, and you were like understood what he was doing or trying to understand what he was doing. These guys wanted this big gun for unknown reasons. Well, and the gun taking the the shape of a small object recalls the galaxy. Oh yeah, in the absolutely. First one. But again, doesn't like the the galaxy in the first one very much felt to me like men in black the film being sort of about secrets and scale and hidden worlds mm-hmm. and there's literally a hidden galaxy in this in this collar there was no thematic resonance to the gun being anything other than a big gun mm-hmm. well it had a, a blue giant star in it it did it had a blue giant star in it don't think don't think about why that's don't think about it. <laughs> There's a lot of this like structural plot points, yeah. right? Our climax is happening at a well-known space landmark. Yeah. You kind of you have they don't they didn't pause enough to give this time, but the shock of the new agent seeing all the guns coming out of yeah. the car. Again, that's the thing that's the, really cool in the first the movie. The car changing. And you don't have to repeat it for every movie. No. Um, you can come up with new things. Mm-hmm. But if you are, like, at least take a moment to react. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take a moment to let the actors react. Yeah, the big red button was another one of those things in the car that was like one of my favorite moments in... The original Men in Black button movie, like they get in the car for the first time, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, "Don't ever push the big red button." And then later in the movie, they push the big red button. He's like, "Push the big red button," and like that's a it's a setup and a payoff in a way that this movie's like, "There's a big red button somewhere, push it, and so we can go fast." Yeah. There was no story there, and they did, and that's and they and did it goes unremarked upon. Yeah, except. Um, Kamel Nanjiani's character. Pawnee. Pawnee. He likes the big red button. It's like, yeah, push the big red button. That was fun. Which was fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. I took a tiny amount of notes. Uh... Oh, the closest thing to a joke was it was almost a joke, but it wasn't, was when she was suiting up, I think it was when you were getting popcorn, um, she held up the noisy cricket from the first Men in Black movie and was like, no, I'm not going to use this gun. Give me a bigger gun. Call out, call back. Yeah. Yeah. It was not actually, like, a joke, per se. It had the structure of one. Um, They definitely used the Danny Elfman theme music like mm-hmm. it opened with that and i was like "Ooh, that's all tingly to me because i really like the original men in black soundtrack yeah. very little they used it at the, at the very beginning <laughs> at the very end very little like uh music in the film yeah just real bland if there was anything um and then i noticed at the end because i was looking for it like the score was by danny elfman and some other guy mm-hmm. and i was like oh they just used the parts of the score that were recognizable and then have another guy fill in the rest yeah 
Oh, that was another call. The the beard guy, the guy with the alien in his beard, mm-hmm. was like a reference to. Right, that was a Tony Shalhoub. The Tony Shalhoub character. character. Like it's all these moments of like, oh, this is interesting and unexpected, but without any heart or care or understanding. Well, and I get annoyed at sequels when they start hitting each plot. Point oh yeah, like that. Yeah, the, you know, it's the same but different. Well, the even the original Men in Black sequels had that problem. I feel. Yeah, but so, was. I, I now know what is now more annoying than that <laughs> is to have those plot points that you're hitting nonchalantly and not with any like honing in, paying attention to this. Or understanding of why it worked in the first place. Like, even if you just tell the same joke again, it's at least the same joke. Like, it's at least the same moment. Yeah, so our review of this movie is go watch Sorry to Bother You. Yes. Well, the other thing, as I was comparing it to other films, yeah. oh, yeah. uh, is this interesting objectification of Chris Hemsworth that I've seen now in several films. Mm-hmm. and Because he's an attractive man. Yeah, but it's like this turning... Uh, it is more like the objectification of women mm-hmm. that we see. Yes. Uh, and it... And I'm wondering if it's like this neoliberal attempt to equalize yeah. objectification. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I, it's just it's just interesting. The moment he, in Men in Black uh, is when he he's dying. He's been bitten by a three-headed snake thing yes and i forgot that whole scene happened because it had it did, no bearing no, it, on yeah, anything it didn't, it didn't have any <laughs> purpose for the plot uh and there's one person in the room who has the the anti-venom yes who is, is certainly coded as a woman yes not human and he says he'll do absolutely anything 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 while she stands over her also dying husband and the next scene is them in bed bed. yeah him waking up and sneaking out and yeah yeah this is like one tentacle he has to remove from his chest um which my first question was uh can we call is that consensual uh (laughs) that was my immediate question too is this like is is consensual like is it um Coerced? Forced into prostitution because forced prostitution isn't consensual. Like, um, like she's having sex with him, not because he wanted to have sex with her, but because she was going to let him die otherwise. Like, but it's brushed off by kind of like this is the kind of man who will likes ladies. Yeah, else, yeah. And, you know, well that that wasn't a sacrifice. <laughs> So it was weird. It was a weird moment. But it recalled to me, too, uh, um, the way Chris Hemsworth plays the assistant in Ghostbusters. Yes. And he's he's just eye candy. He's dumb as a doornail. Um, Very funny. Very funny. Very funny. Ten times funnier. His two scenes in that movie are ten times funnier than anything he does in this film. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But, you know... Putting that gaze on the the dumb yes. pretty boy. Wait. Although I mean, I, I I think Ghostbusters knows that it's doing that and is playing with that, yes. which is why it works really well. Yes. Um, no, I don't think this movie thought about that at all, other than to say like, "Hey, Chris Hemsworth is attractive. Let's look at his body." 
Well, and then there's Fat Thor in Endgame. Yes. Um, which is highly problematic. Yes. For um, many reasons, which lots of people have written about. <laughs> um, but the reason it's funny is, one, because he's fat, but it's Chris Hemsworth. Who's and not he, fat. Who, who is gorgeous. <laughs> right? godlike. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he got fat. And that adds to the humor. That's, that's why it's funny, is because it's Chris Hemsworth. I mean, uh, yeah. beyond the fat people are funny, th- right. which is a problem. Fat as a joke. Like, that's not a joke. That's that's it's lazy, <laughs> lazy joke writing. Um, yeah, it's not a subversion of expectations in any particular way. So it's just interesting, his little objectification. Yeah, that's fair. Um, there was the, there, I was thinking you were talking about the one where he unbuttons his shirt too much. Oh, yeah, that was another one. I mean, it was quick, yeah. but it was... And that was one of those scenes that, like, should have played better than it did between Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Like, oh, they're... You know, are they flirting? Are they just confused? What's going on here? None of it. Just none. None. Not phase. We're just going to button that up a little bit. Yeah. It could have been something, but it wasn't. I want to say I feel like this is this is this is again a fan a complaint of a fan of Men in Black. I feel like the Men in Black organization in this movie was entirely incompetent mm-hmm. in a way that made me unhappy <laughs> compared to the first Men in Black film, which is the only one I've seen multiple times. I've I've seen three once maybe and two maybe twice, but. Like, they're an elite, super secret organization, like, doing lots of amazing things. Like, it's rare that they would be running down the street of Marrakesh in single file line trying to track down Chris Hemsworth. Like, that doesn't... That turns them into a bunch of goons, Mm -hmm. rather than the sort of elite super squad that, like, two agents can stop a world-ending threat, again, like in the first movie, and it's not even that big a deal. Like, that's one of my favorite lines from the first movie is, you know, Jay, Will Smith's character, is very, like, anxious and worried. Because, like, the world's about to end. Like, this is going to be a terrible thing. And Kay's like, kid, the world's always about to end. Yeah. Like, there's always a space fleet or mm-hmm. someone threatening to blow things up. This is just status quo. Like, this mm-hmm. is what we do. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's that's a fun perspective to sort of take on this world ending thing. It's like, yeah, something's always terrible. It's going to happen. This is just a normal week in the men in black universe. Whereas this one had none of that and similar world ending stakes, but not dealt with that sort of lightness of touch or humor at all. Yeah, it was a movie. It was a movie. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson deserve better. Yes. (laughs) Maybe they'll be in Thor 4 together. And Natalie Portman's coming back for that one. So. Cool. Hopefully, though, that will be a good movie. Well, it's still, I think, being written and directed by Taita Wakiki, so. So that's a good sign. Watiti? Taika? I'm getting his name so wrong. Taika Watiti? I don't know. Taika I I should know this because I'm a fan of his movies, which is to say I've seen two of them: Thor and. I can look it up. And what we do in the shadows, 
which is also very funny. Ta yeah. Mm. Taika? Ta Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. I transposed some syllables there. Yeah. Taika Watiti. Yeah. So, nothing big earth-shattering. Nope, it was a movie. It was. I want... I want more from my dumb blockbusters, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you do have going... It mostly wasn't, like, problematic. No, um, that's true. <laughs> so, good job for being good average. You didn't screw anything up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wanted it to be really a lot better than it was. Um, yeah, when you talk about the trailers, we said we were going to do that. Yeah. Talking about the trailers. What were the trailers for the movies that we saw? Uh, the one that we accidentally started talking about was The Joker. Oh, yeah, The Joker. Walking Phoenix. Yep. That looks like a movie. Yeah. Well, you were telling that the script leaked. Yes. So I tried to find the script when it leaked, but I didn't see it. So it was not a true leak and it was like on the internet. It was like some people in the business were passing it around. And a film critic I know on the internet like not personally I was sharing some of his thoughts on it and he's like it's bad like it's a bad script um and like you said it didn't look like it was a great movie yeah it nope it, it did not look compelling in yeah. any um like Joaquin Phoenix is a good actor he does a lot but yeah, I, I described it as looking like a movie about man pain. Yes, that's right. Man, man pain. pain. He's he's sad because pain. it's tough for white men out there, <laughs> even men in Gotham. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it looked it looked like a movie. I don't. Know, it didn't look interesting to me. It's interesting in the fact that it looks like it may be an origin story for a villain, mm -hmm. which that's new. Um, I mean, we seen... had Maleficent. That's true. Which but... I've not seen, but I heard was pretty good. Yeah. I just, we are, we've had three or four origin stories for Spider-Man and Batman. We've had a lot of Batmans. So, it's weird <laughs> right now for the getting, superheroes. Getting a, getting a villain origin story is new and different. Um, yeah, so that is new and different. Mm -hmm. Um... Ad Astra was a trailer we saw. Did you have more to say about Joker? I don't know. I I don't understand the fascination with Joker. I get I get Heath Ledger as Joker. I get that performance. Mm -hmm. It was a great performance. It was a great performance. Um, really spooky. Um, and the kind that like stays with you. I get the fascination with that performance of Joker. Mm -hmm. um, but... People getting excited about Jared Leto doing. I don't think anyone was excited about Jared Leto. People made fun of Jared Leto. Okay. Because he had a tattoo that said, like. Oh, yeah. He was method acting it. In, oh, yeah. Oh, he was oh, being a violent, real jerk like, to his oh, castmates. Yeah. yeah, no. He was. Um, what did the. Ta his tattoo said something like deranged on his head, which is not a great choice anyway, but yeah. I, I didn't see. That's not true. I tried to watch Suicide Squad and quit about 15 minutes in. <laughs> so, um, so maybe there's not really a fascination no, with I th Joker. I, th I think there is a fascination with the Joker because of Heath Ledger's performance. Yeah. Well, and the, the way that they made up Joaquin Phoenix 
just really started calling back to Heath Ledger. Like, the green hair rather than a wig or short hair. It was, like, the same length. Yeah, I guess that is true. I, I didn't think about that. Because I, I, I just read it as, like, references to the Joker's outfit. Yes. Because I've been a, a fan of the comics and the TV series. I don't know what he looks like in the comics. That's so. fair. You watched Batman the Animated Series at some point, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, you but know? he had short hair. That's true, he did. Yeah. Still... Maybe my favorite Joker performance. Yeah, is the well, Mark series. Hamill, um, he, he's real good. He's, he's real, real good. good at what he's he does. real good. He's <laughs> real, real good. Uh, I mean, Heath Ledger was literally the role of a lifetime and a performance of the lifetime. Um, but I think, like Mark Hamill has played the Joker in a lot of different media over a lot of different years, and has always done an amazing job. And again, like that's a fascinating performance, and I think he brings a lot more to the character than. Well, Jared Leto, or even, like, Jack Nicholson's Joker was not great in the original Batman. It was Jack Nicholson. Well, and the, well, the secret is, it's really hard to play villains well. Yeah, that's true. That's why you remember the great villains. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is a very challenging part. Yeah. So, yeah, we saw Joker. The other one was Ad Astra. Ad Astra? Or um, that's uh, A.D. A.D. A-S-T-R, I think it was A. Yeah. Ad Astra. Which, um, looked like it was trying real hard to be a Christopher Nolan film. (laughs) Brad Pitt in space. Yeah. Surprise, it was Brad Pitt. (laughs) He doesn't do a lot of sci-fi fantasy. Um, um... Gotta go to space. The world's ending. My dad went to space. Now I gotta go to space to find my dad. Yep. That was... Yeah, I I wasn't particularly There seemed to be a a lunar rover gunfight. Lunar rover gunfight chase scene. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guns on the moon. Yeah. That could be cool. That'd be cool. I'd watch that. I don't know if the movie knows that it's funny, but... Um, yeah. About an astronaut. That one didn't, didn't impress me. What other movie trailers did we see? We saw the trailer for the new Christopher Nolan movie, which told us nothing. Is it based in Batman universe? No, no. Chris Nolan left that a long time okay. ago. Why did I think that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there was a guy standing in front of a window that had been shot. That's about all we got from the trailer, which was called Tenet. T-E-N-E-T. Mm-hmm. But some of the letters were upside down so it could spin around. That was that was the whole thing. It's funny. I've... I've... For, and, and the movie is for July 2020. Yeah, so it's a long ways out. So this is early build-up. Yeah. I mean, Nolan likes to do that with his movies, though. I remember when Interstellar first came out, the the trailer was just a truck driving through the corn and no other context. Oh, I know why. Because Robert Pattinson was in the credits, and I knew he is the next Batman, and so I wondered <laughs> if yeah. this was the next Batman movie. I'm excited about Robert, uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. I think that's a good choice. Do we see any other trailers? Uh, there's a Midway, another war film. 
Oh yeah, by Roland Emmerich, who hasn't made a good movie in a while. I don't know who that is. He but... he directed Independence Day and. 2012 and the day after tomorrow he does disaster movies i mean i'm just tired of movies with all white casts and forlorn looking women at home (laughs) worried about their men um which was even happening in the brad pitt space movie it was it was in the brad pitt space movie it was forlornly looking at him Uh, from a distance and really okay maybe that's just a remake of armageddon didn't that have Liv Tyler looking forlornly? <laughs> yep. Our man went to space. Didn't know if he's come back. Um, okay. But but really, <laughs> Midway we got the men fought in uh-huh. in Midway because it's a historical battle. Battle, but in Brad Pitt going to space. space we're clearly in the future because we seem to have a space elevator. Yeah. Like, we had a space so. elevator for, like, ten seconds on screen, and that was the most interesting um, thing about the whole trailer. So, really, white man doesn't have to go to space <laughs> to save the world. But it's, he's got to find his dad. it's the future. He's got to find his dad. And the women can lead the mission and go. But he's got to find his dad. I, yeah. His dad is played by Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones, Jones, yeah, who might have discovered some dangerous thing dangerous that could destroy in space. a solar system. That weirdly most reminded me of Contact. Like her, her dad. She did kind of go see her she, dad. She went to see her dad. She didn't know she was going to go see her dad, but. Well, I liked Contact. Yeah, Contact was not bad. Um, if this was anything. <laughs> With, like, the emotional reach of contact. That'd be a good film. Um, then, yeah, that yeah. would be that would be good. Um, is that all of the... That's all the trailers I remember, but I forgot about Midway the mo- until you said it. It's like, oh, they're doing Pearl Harbor. No. I, I really thought they were no, doing Pearl Harbor they're... again. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um... I don't, know, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, I think. Uh, that's okay. I think we hashed it out. Mm-hmm. Men in Black International. It's fine. We might have had more to say about the trailers. Yeah. Than the film. The trailers haven't disappointed us yet. <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed with those women in bed. Sad. Sad. You're sad because their man has gone. Man has gone on a dangerous mission. Might never see them again. But he's got to save the planet. And she's got to keep a household. Yeah. Really? It's 2019. (laughs) Still. Well, this was fun, Amy. Yeah. I had fun. (laughs) (laughs) Hope hope everyone else had fun. Yeah, I hope you did too. I hope the recording worked because my screen went blank and so I don't know if it's still going. We'll see. It's a pilot. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hit that like button. We don't have a like button. We're not on We YouTube. don't even know what it's going to be posted on. It's going to be an RSS feed. All podcasts run off RSS. Okay. So you can listen to... Listen, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sure help if we had a name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they're listening to this, they probably have a they name. They found it already. Yeah, well, they know they know the name and we don't. <laughs> 
Enjoy your future knowledge. All right. Future listeners. Bye. Bye. <laughs>